Welcome to the Artelligence Podcast. I'm Marion Manneker, and we're going to explore the mysteries of the global art market. Adam Fields was working at an art world e-commerce startup when he realized that art shipping was far too complicated. So he founded Arta to help ease the pain point around shipping for gallerists and collectors. In this podcast, he explains how Arta works and just why shipping is so essential to the whole complex of art transactions. Adam Fields, uh, thank you for taking the time to spend with us today. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about Arta. Uh, Sure. Arta is an online uh, fine art shipping marketplace that aims to make the world of art shipping more transparent, uh, efficient, and and ultimately uh, saving money for both uh, people, uh, entities such as galleries, collectors, auction houses, um, and uh, art advisors, and really anyone across the arts uh, ecosystem. So I'm betting most people, even fairly experienced people in the art world, really don't think that much about uh, art shipping. So could you give us a little bit of a sort of landscape uh, view of the you know shipping world? Well, it's actually funny. I think that people think a lot more about art shipping than they'd like to just because it's it's kind of the one part of the art world that no one really enjoys. You know, everyone enjoys going to parties, going to openings, talking about art, engaging with art, having some drinks. But the art shipping, as soon as that comes up, everyone everyone kind of gets a frown on their face and uh, and, and, you know, gets a little upset. So I think that, you know, for the for the people that don't really know much about art shipping, it is done by very highly trained, uh, super white glove um, entities, vendors, uh, handlers around the country and around the world, and it's super specialized. Um, you know, people range from literally just doing Manhattan to tri-state area to only running trucks between New York and Boston. Some people operate nationally across the country. Some people are globally. So, you know, not all shippers are, are created equal in that they don't always do the same things. They have different strengths. They have different weaknesses. Um, there's a lot going on, and I feel that people get a little bit lost in it. And, you know, even galleries who do a lot of art shipping, they have people that they prefer to work with, which is great. Um, but they really haven't done a dive in terms of, dissecting, you know, from a data perspective, who does things good and not good and, and how they kind of make themselves more efficient um, operationally. So you're a, a concierge service for art shipping. Well, it's a really a double-sided marketplace, but we have, you know, concierge slash customer service services because some of it, is, you know, some of it can be automated and some of it is just inherently, uh, you know, more project management that you need people to to help out with. So we kind of offer both of that. The idea is that the way that people operate today is not a, as efficient and streamlined as it could be. So if we can kind of get rid of some of the low-hanging fruit, automate that, add a technical layer to it, provide transparency, allow people to, you know, see their options online, interface with their clients so that they can share quotes, pay and book online, you know, using credit card, which which dramatically streamlines the uh, the the invoicing and, and payments process, um, that it can make everyone everyone more efficient, happier, and, and ultimately save costs. All right, so you'll forgive me for making this joke, but it's the Uber for art shipping. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I wouldn't I wouldn't turn down that comparison. I um I, I usually go with like a kayak or Expedia. But I think that I think that Uber, you know, Uber works particularly if we can get our our market cap up towards uh, towards theirs. 
Well, tell me about the size of the market if your your ambitions are that great. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, obviously the the art shipping market itself isn't isn't as big as the as the uh, Uber market is. But I think the the size of the market I think would be pretty surprising to people. I mean, our our average shipment is about a thousand dollars, which is you know obviously it that it gets much lower for local and regional stuff. But um, that's a pretty high AOV or order, if you will, um, for, for, you know, an online ticket, you know, when you think about when you're buying something from Amazon or, you know, from a, from a, you know, clothing manufacturer, you know, usually it's a little bit lower than that. Um, so we put the market, you know, in like the six to 8 billion range, um, just for our shipping globally, which, uh, is kind of based off of, you know, the number of all, the number of galleries, dealers, really just between Europe and the United States and kind of the, the amount of shipments that they're doing um, on, a, on a yearly basis. And then when you start to think about, um, you know, kind of what other areas it can manifest itself in, whether it's, you know, insurance or um, other kind of high-end goods, um, you know, the, the addressable market, you know, obviously will increase. Uh, it's not as big as the sales market, of course, but, but I think it's kind of something that's been overlooked, you know, in terms of the art tech world um, with most people focusing on, on the internet as a sales mechanism or for the inventory side of inventory management side of it. But, but the shipping and logistics side is really the Achilles heel uh, of all of it. And, and what about the institutional side? There are obviously uh, some very large museums and other institutions that have to move a great deal of art. Is this something that's applicable to them or uh, separate from that world? Well, it's definitely applicable to them. We've been more focused on the on the commerce side of it, so really more on the auction house um, gallery, art advisor, collector side. We've worked with a lot of museums without really even trying to. Um, and, you know, I think, I think what the museums do is, is, is more intensive in terms of, you know, moving an entire exhibition, not only just around the country, around the world. Um, and I think it's not as, it doesn't manifest itself as well to the technical platform. I think that it can over time. And I think we're going to do more with museums over time as well. Um, but the main focus so far has been with the, um, with the sellers, really, on the commercial side. So primarily, galleries getting the work to the the buyers. Um, I, yes, you know, a lot. I think the the post sale side of it is a really interesting one because what we're really trying to do is change the way that that art sellers uh, think about shipping within the context of their business. Every auction house, every gallery has someone who is at least partly responsible for logistics. Their, their job is very busy and they have a lot of things on their plate. If we think that we can take some of that stuff off their plate, it, it, it frees up their time to do things that really need it, whether that's helping sell more art or helping do more installations or coordinating exhibitions. Um, and it also enhances the post-sale experience for the, their buyers, which is really when you think about the word user experience in terms of a gallery or auction context, there really is none. Um, so what this platform allows you to do is it allows a gallery or, or a auction house to get quotes accessing our preferred pricing from our vendors, send their clients a link so they can transparently see who they're, what their shipping options are, what the dates are, what the prices are in a very transparent manner, and then really kind of offloads that process onto them so that they don't really have to manage and hold hands through it. So how long have you been at this, and, and where did, you know, where's your experience from that, that caused you to launch this project? Yeah, sure. So I, used to, I was on the founding team at, uh, at Artspace.com, which, is, as you are probably aware, is an art e-com platform that works with museums and galleries uh, around the world to bring their art online and make it more accessible. And as we were building up that operation, 
Anytime you have a transactional marketplace, obviously shipping is important because when you're checking out, you need to have a shipping price that pops up. And initially, we were really only selling you know, smaller works, Prince editions that you can use via FedEx or Common Carrier. And as we started to grow, we started selling works from you know, more major galleries, more higher price points that you couldn't ship via Common Carrier. And we didn't have a one-click integrated checkout solution for those kind of works. So I started to do some investigating. Because at the time, I, you know, I'm like most people, I had no idea how art shipping was really done. So I started asking galleries and collectors and you know, people that, that ship a lot of art how they do it and figured there had to be a pretty easy solution to how they get quotes and, and you know, get, 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 you know, connect with people. And the answer was pretty much not only is there not, but if I could find a solution for it, you know, they would, they would you know, love me forever. Um, and I realized that it was, it was both an online and an offline problem. You know, online, online entities are having trouble selling valuable, you know, kind of specialized goods because they can't, they can't deal with shipping. It's kind of like why First Dibs, you know, is having trouble becoming a transactional marketplace because they don't always have shipping prices or quotes for their furniture or their art. And then you also see that galleries, you know, they'll hire someone to manage it, but it's really not, it's really not a, something that they, that they focus on and, and really have a solution for. Um, so that, that was kind of the catalyst and, and, and how, we, how the idea came, came out. And then we really started um, you know, working with a, a select group of beta users between New York, Chicago, San Francisco, L.A., Miami, Houston, you know, summer, fall 2014, work with them to build out the, uh, the technical product. And then we really only fully launched about a year ago around the armory uh, last year, so 2015. Um, so it's still relatively new, been about a year and a half. We've, we've had a pretty good amount of success um, in the early, in, in early stages, have learned a lot. And um, yeah, we're pretty excited about what the future holds. Can you quantify that success for me in some way? Can I quantify the success for you? I can quantify it by saying that if you look at a chart of our revenues, uh, a, an investor or any person would would feel very encouraged by it. Um, it is still a blip on the radar of what it could be, but it but but showing sustained growth over a period of time, I think, is is very positive, and I think that we're already working with pretty high level entities and 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 you know names of, of galleries and auction houses that you know would be would be both publicly traded and um and pretty highly regarded in, in terms of being in you know the centers of, of these art fairs that we that we go to so often um well let me let me just try it another way and and sure. i totally understand being a startup you know the the discretion uh, uh, of dealing with your initial numbers, but I'm assuming it's sort of a, um, a an account-based business, meaning the more people you sign up for accounts on, on Arda, uh, the more they become installed users and you want to grow their use of the service. Yes. So is there any sort of just even in terms of percentages, growth of the number of accounts who use you more than once or regularly? Yeah, I mean, we have our repeat rate is about 70%, um, which means that anyone that books, you know, a single shipment, 70% of them are, are booking another shipment. And I think, you know, with, with, with the more recent cohorts, that's even higher. So it's something that we expect to, to, um, to rise over time. Um, you know, it's, it's the, it, it, there's a little bit of a tail in terms of getting people to use it, just not necessarily because they don't think it's, it's interesting or a good idea, but because, you know, it's an antiquated industry and people, it's kind of, you know, changing the muscle memory, if you will, um, can be a bit difficult because people are used to doing things in a certain way and, you know, trying to get them out of their, their complacency or normal routine can take time. 
but you don't necessarily supplant their uh, normal relationships. You just give them the option of seeing uh, the best price for a way of doing business. Exactly. We're, we're not trying to get in between them and their relationships at all. In fact, once you're confirmed with a shipping, you get connected with the art handler. So we're in no means trying to, to, to get in between Wiggler Way in and, and really, you know, ruin the, ruin that existing relationship. We're trying to make it easier for both sides to connect and, and be able to access our more, you know, network volume pricing and kind of uh, consolidated, uh, you know, effects. Which brings up the question, where, where's your uh, vigorish come from? Are you charging an additional fee like Ticketmaster or is it somehow baked into the relationship with the shippers? Yeah, sure. So I think that transparency is something that's really lacking in the whole art shipping world. So transparency is one of our brand and business pillars. So we take a fee uh, that's listed as a separate line item um, that is totally transparent, totally viewable. So, you, you know, the, the, the shippers, the art shippers costs are never touched. Um, whatever they enter, you know, stays, people can see it, whether that's, you know, packing or transport or any kind of services. And then because we have, uh, you know, better preferential pricing off the retail than, than most, uh, than pretty much, you know, most people that are doing shipping, you're still paying less than you would otherwise even with our fee. Um, so it's kind of a, a win-win situation and there's no upfront costs. You know, it's a model that, that's, that's, you know, I, I think has been proven kind of faster than I was expecting to be honest. And, um, has had, uh, you know, less pushback than I would might have expected. Do do you vet and or vouch for guarantee in some way your shippers? I mean, obviously there are um, some well-known names in the business that have been around a long time, but I'm assuming you also are offering people the opportunity to see, you know, smaller companies or specialized uh, companies for specific routes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that, you know, there, there's the legal answer to that. And then there's just like what we're trying to do as a business. The legal answer is that, you know, we are technically a marketplace and not liable for anything, um, just making the connection. But the real answer is that we, it's, it's a curated platform. It's not a free-for-all, you know, shippers or vendors cannot just sign up. Um, we've been very careful in terms of, of who we've, we've decided to work with first, um, you know, based off of a, a large, you know, initial pool of people and kind of cross-referencing that against some of our initial beta testers and some of kind of the industry experts um, that have been advising us. Um, and, you know, the, the, the funny thing about it is that a lot of it, you know, is just talking to people and, and just doing some diligence and, you know, you hear a lot of the same names from from shippers that people like that come up, but everyone has you know one or two people that's their kind of under the radar go to person. Um, so when you're able to kind of consolidate or aggregate all those together, you know, you you get some pretty interesting uh, interesting names going on. But we're only as good as our as our you know vendor network, and we're we work really hard to build out really deep and trusted relationships with them. You know, I think it's it's something to them that we're really just trying to initially show value and put real, put money in their pocket. And as soon as they see that, that this is a value add service for them, that they can get their job done easier, more efficiently, you know, new, new potential distribution and revenue channels for them. Um, and that we are, you know, really trying to, trying to market on their behalf and, and drive them, you know, business and, 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 and more uh, notoriety that I think that, uh, you know, works out well for everyone. So is it price that uh, drives the decision-making or is it the, you know, Quality of the shipping relationship, so forth. I, I think it's I think it's both, and then the the third uh, the third line in there is also dates. Um, you know, I think that it, it's not it's not a commoditized business, and what I mean by that is that these people that we've worked with, the vendors, have worked very hard to build out a, a trusted name 
over time, and that's not easy. You know, um, it, it takes a while to establish yourself and get people to trust you with very precious, expensive, um, one of a kind objects. So we're not we're we're trying to to put that forth and say, hey, you know, we're we're handpicking these people because they're the best, and this is their name, and, and you would want to work with them. So there are some people that um, that will pick based off of a name and an entity that they know. But we're really trying to, as a marketplace say that, you know, we stand by when we, we, we put forth. Um, the other side of that is, is price, which you alluded to. For the most part, you know, we, we've seen that outside of name and dates, you know, if there's, if there's a super low price and, and it matches up with no, no constraints, that's probably going to be the one that, that's picked. Um, you know, again, we're not working with, you know, with man with a van, you know, type people. These are all high-level art, art handlers. But, um, but dates are also important too because these, a lot of these, you know, at least domestically in the United States, are more consolidated shuttles. Um, so you know, if if the if a if there's a low price that's not picking up for another month or two, but you can get you know another uh, another one that's maybe a little bit higher, you know, next week, then then you know you see people kind of trending towards that. And do you see yourself having uh, any sort of effect on prices? I mean, is, you know, generally these kinds of marketplaces have a downward pressure on prices because the price uh, visibility uh, is expanded. But you're saying here that price is the secondary or even tertiary um, issue. Well, I think that, you know, there, there's <laughs> – it's funny because – I like to say that that something's only expensive until you see something that's more expensive. So I think when you see something, you know, that's that's two thousand dollars, which you know I'm not saying is, is cheap or expensive, but then you see something for for fifteen hundred dollars, you know, that looks a lot better um, next to it. So I think a lot of it, a lot of it is comparative, but there there there's a severe lack of efficiency or efficacy in in this business. That um, just the simple fact that you can hit a button. And not really have to deal with it make, makes it a lot a lot better for people. But but you also the confidence that you're knowing uh, you're getting the same quote. You know the fifteen hundred versus two thousand is for that. You know eight thousand pound bronze sculpture as opposed to one person thinking you know oh it's a Moreau painting and another thinking it's a Moreau sculpture. You, you and you're not devoting the time and energy. To having to work out all those details, you're just inputting the information and getting a quick quote. Totally, and then you know the the real when you're you know you're talking about price, and we're, we're not obviously not trying to drive things down. We're the the discounted rates that we get with our partners, we pass through to our users. So we're not padding that with with our stats. We're trying to, to kind of pass along to everyone. But as we continue to grow, there's some serious network effects that can come into play, just in terms of being able to consolidate um, amongst you know shippers and, and areas. And I think that's something that we're pretty excited about. You know, being able to pass along those savings, um, you know, to long to the people that, that are using the platform. Where does that go? Is there stuff beyond shipping, or that's what you're focusing on now? I mean, you know, storage is the next big um, node on this pathway. Uh, is there a way to do the same thing with with storage? Well, I think there's a few ways that it can go. I mean, you know, next, I mean, we're we're launching an insurance option soon for for transit insurance, so that uh, you can book, you know, pretty pretty high high quality, low cost transit insurance with our with our system, um, which a lot of people are really excited about it. But it's also you know a good revenue driver for us, obviously as a business. Um, you know, then there there's vertical, and there's horizontal, um, you know, kind of opportunities that the business can can go towards. And I think, you know, we have plenty of hypotheses, if you will. 
in terms of in terms of where we, we you know it could go and i think we're kind of you know reevaluating those every every few months as we continue to grow um you know it, it could become more of an art services marketplace that incorporates storage and appraisal or, or stuff like that but but or also you know could pretty easily we, we we do a lot of work already with with people in in the design and furniture space without even really trying to market towards them um so you know that that's kind of a natural uh parallel or next step just because they have complex uh, shipping needs and you're making it easier for them to plan through that. Yeah. And there's, and there's uh, a lot of carryover or crossover in the, in the vendor base too. Um, so, you know, it's, it's specialized shipments that, that need specialized handling that are usually pretty high price. Um, and, and, you know, are being, you know, and, and some, a lot of the same vendors often deal with, you know, art furniture antiques. So it's not really creating a totally new, business or silo it's really kind of you know contained in what we already have going on but to me that would logically go into restoration work uh framers you know all sorts of um ancillary but very essential work work that's fairly done in you know small uh shops yeah no totally and and look i i mean the only reason that i'm here now is because i was able to see while building art space that that shipping was a big opportunity but also a big problem and i think that that as the art technology world continues to evolve there's going to become all these new interesting businesses as people see new problems that have not been been solved yet and i think we're seeing that a lot already you know so you know where what will be out in in you know two to ten years from now you might not even be known yet because the problem really hasn't been diagnosed so uh, before I leave you, let's just do the very practical stuff. Um, it, if someone wants to use the service, they go to arta.com and create an account and you know plug in their information and see what comes up. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's a pretty intuitive platform. You know, it's meant for for businesses or art entities like a gallery, an auction house, or an art advisor. For individuals, you know, my parents are collectors, so I can say this. They're very smart people, but they might not necessarily know, you know, does this need to be soft packed or what the pack dimensions are. So for individuals, we offer more of a of a one to one concierge service where we can you know give them a client service rep and they can you know talk to them and manage things on their own. Um, but it's at shiparta.com and we actually just put out a with the Armory show a, a shipping calculator that spits out instantaneous estimates based off of our historical quoting data, um, which people are really excited about. And that's at shiparta.com/calculator, um, which is a pretty cool feature that's uh, you know pretty pretty revolutionary in in the art shipping uh, world. So if I'm in a gallery or at an art fair in their booth and I'm buying or even just thinking of buying something, I can t- whip out my phone, take a picture of the object and shoot it off to you and get a quote back in how long? Well, there's a few things you can do. If you want to get an instantaneous you know, number for what, what it'll cost to ship, you can just go to the calculator and plug in the dimensions and your address and you'll get it. If you want an actual quote, we've gotten the, we've gotten the response time back you know, down from like you know, potentially one to two or three days to a few hours. So if you submit a request, you can get you know, two to four options within a few hours. But that's one of the things too. There, there's so much wasted time. Uh, in this industry that part of what we're doing is trying to optimize everyone's resources on both sides so that, you know, shippers aren't quoting on things that they really have no use quoting on collectors or, or individuals or galleries aren't reaching out to people, you know, if they don't actually need a quote. Um, I think just trying to make optimize resources, make people more efficient is, is something that really this could be, could be helpful for too. So, so everyone gets what they need faster while still potentially either saving on their costs or saving on uh, the money they spend on the shipping. Yep, exactly. 
Well, Adam, thank you so much for explaining this all to me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for for taking the time to uh, listen. Thank you for listening to the Intelligence Podcast. Visit us at artmarketmonitor.com. 